0: Follow Winnie Taylor's Fourth and Inches wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad free with a GZM family subscription. Head to gzmshows.com for more. Hi,
1: guys! Earth Ranger Laura here. Just before we get started, April is Earth Month, and here at Earth Rangers, Earth Month is for the animals, especially the big and majestic ones like orcas and polar bears, right? Wrong. This year, it's time to stand up for the little guys. So right now, when you fundraise for a Bring Back the Wild campaign, you'll also be helping to protect adorable little prairie animals like the black-tailed prairie dog and the burrowing owl. Go to earthrangers.com slash earthmonths and check out the cool bonus rewards that you can earn. Thanks so much and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Earth Rangers podcast. I'm Earth Ranger Emma. Also, bonjour, hola, and ciao! Earth rangers! Earth rangers! Earth rangers! Wait, why have I suddenly become a polyglot? That's a person who speaks a lot of languages. Because today's episode is all about the different ways animals communicate. Some use touch, some use visuals, some use sound, and some even use scent or chemicals to tell other animals and humans what they're thinking. Like take my old feline friend, Sir scratch on I was watching him run around after his toy mouse, and I couldn't help but wonder what he was thinking. He couldn't tell me, and I couldn't really ask, mostly because I can't speak cat. Sometimes, though, I do understand what Scratchy is saying. Like, for instance, when he rubs up against my legs when we're in the kitchen, that means, feed me. Or when he jumps onto my lap and nuzzles my hand, that means, pat me. When he hisses at the hairbrush, that means don't even think about it. (laughs) And when he says, meow, 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 that means I love you so much, Emma. You are the light of my life. (laughs) Um, Okay, maybe not that last one. But I do understand Sir One's body language, the way he uses touch and some of the sounds he makes. So we are communicating. What are some of the ways your pets let you know what they're thinking? Looks like it's time to investigate. Animal Investigation Squad. Animal Investigation Squad. Let's go back to Alora Public School and ask some brilliant Earth Rangers how they think animals can communicate. With us and with each other.
0: So I I was thinking maybe they'd make a movement. Well, dogs wag their tails. With tails. Um. Well, animals can also kind of do a display that can be a type of communication. Like so I did a duck calling thing, and so they also use like noises to communicate. My dog can ring bells at the back door if she has to go to the washroom. Um. A kitty rubbing you means that that you're their friend. Yes. Yep. When I'm away visiting somebody else, my dog howls because he misses me and my brother.
1: Good stuff! There are lots of ways animals can communicate with us and with each other. Vocal communication is often the first kind that comes to mind. You've already heard a lot of animal calls on the Earth Rangers podcast in the past, and you guys have gotten really good at guessing them. But this time, I have got a real stumper for you. Check it out. Who am I? Who who, Who am I? Who am I? Okay, listen up, Earth Rangers. We're going to play a sound clip of this very talented creature, and you'll have to guess which animal it is. At the end of the episode, I'll reveal this impersonator's identity. Ready? Here we go! Oh, yes, I am not even kidding we're trying to trick you. I promise an actual animal made those noises. Stay tuned to find out who it was.
0: Earth Rangers!
1: Let's look a little more closely at how animals communicate. There are four ways. Through sound, like a wolf's howl. Touch, like baboons grooming each other to help with bonding visuals, the way a peacock proudly displays its tail to attract a mate, and chemicals or scent, like when ants create pheromone trails to follow each other. And some animals, like the elephant, use all four methods of communication. Okay, close your eyes and imagine you're an elephant marching across the Namibian savanna with a little baby elephant. You're walking near your herd feeling the warm sun on your back. Suddenly, out of the corner of your eye, you see a lion approaching your calf. You need to act fast and get that lion to leave your baby alone. What do you do? You rumble loudly to scare off the lion, like this. And if that doesn't work, you sound the alarm and call your herd over to surround your baby. You've scared off the lion, but your poor calf is so afraid. You wrap your trunk around your baby's body gently. Your calf understands that it's safe. Aside from noise and touch, elephants also have a sophisticated type of visual language they use. You can tell a lot about what an elephant is thinking and feeling based on how they move or stand. For instance, if an elephant is angry, you'll see flapping ears and kicking up dust. Elephants who run towards each other, trumpeting excitedly, and then touch trunks are, you guessed it, really happy to see each other. And what about scent? Elephants have that one covered as well. Elephants have an excellent sense of smell. They sniff the ground, and that tells them where other elephants have been and where other elephants are located. Want to hear one more elephant sound? Listen to this. Did you hear that? I'm betting you didn't. Let me play that again. This time, crank up the volume and turn the bass all the way up to 11, like your dad when he's listening to Rihanna. Here it goes again. Okay, put the volume back down to regular. Did you hear it this time? Not really, eh? That's because sometimes elephants communicate with infrasonic vocalizations. That's basically the opposite of ultrasonic, which means that the frequency is so low that human ears can't hear them. But elephants can, and they use them all the time. Those infrasonic calls travel over many kilometers and can be used by elephants to communicate across long distances. Elephants are amazing. Let's give our brains a break for a minute. I've got a joke for you. Ready? (coughs) A policeman saw a lady with a hippopotamus walking down the street. He said, ma'am, you need to take that hippo to the zoo. The next day, the lady was again walking down the street with the hippopotamus. The policeman said, ma'am, I told you to take that hippo to the zoo. The lady replied, I did take him to the zoo, and today I'm taking him to the movies. (laughs) That was a good one. Uh, This joke was actually sent in by our listener, Meredith, from Owen Sound, Ontario. Thanks, Meredith. And your name has been entered into the draw for an Earth Rangers t-shirt. If you guys have a good joke to tell, send it our way. You still have until the end of April to enter the contest. I'm not sure about you, but I could really use some fresh air. Let me put on my hiking boots and I'll meet you outside after the jingle.
0: Wild and wacky animals. Fat. Wild and wild
1: animal fat. Ah, there you are! Come with me, and we'll find out what we can learn by listening in on some animal conversations. But first, let's pause a moment and take a deep breath. Uh, I love the smell of forest in the morning. It smells like... <gasps> Did you hear that? That's a sparrow! Sounds pretty nice, right? What do you think might happen if there was a falcon close by? The little sparrow would want to let his friends know that there was danger overhead. Bird songs change when other animals are around. So the sparrow's song might sound something like this. Let's listen to the regular song again, then the alarming song. Can you hear the difference? That's regular. And that's alarm. Very different, right? We can listen in on this communication ourselves and understand the meaning, even if we don't really speak bird. Unfortunately, that's the limit of my understanding of forest talk. I wonder what other things we can learn by keeping our ears open in the wilderness. Hey, do you guys hear that? It kind of sounds like an owl, but... I think it might be my friend Brian. Brian? Yeah. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Great. How about you? Good. What are you doing in the forest?
0: I'm just looking for owls. It's uh, the owl breeding season right now, so I want to see if there's any around.
1: Cool. You know what? Brian is someone we could definitely ask our forest questions to. He used to give tours to people in Algonquin Park. Yeah. Do you mind if we ask you some questions about forest sounds?
0: Not at all. Go ahead.
1: Okay. What can we learn from keeping our ears open in the forest?
0: Well, you can learn all kinds of things. You can learn about how healthy the forest is, because a uh, a healthy forest will have a large diversity of bird species, which all make different sounds. A healthy forest also has a large diversity of insect species, so they all make different sounds. So a healthy forest is a very loud forest.
1: Healthy forest is a loud forest. Cool. Are there animals that are easier to spot with our ears than with our eyes?
0: Yes, for sure. There are birds, for the most part, are really easy to spot with your ears. Uh, You can also hear insects a lot easier than you can see them. Dog day cicadas are a really good example. They're a little insect that are about an inch long, and you hear them in the middle of summer, in the dog days of summer, that really loud buzzing sound, but uh, you'll almost never see one. Cool.
1: Now, I know that you hoot to owls, but have you ever tried to talk to other animals?
0: Uh, yes. When I w- used to work in Algonquin Provincial Park, I used to howl for wolves as part of the wolf howl program.
1: Wolf howls? Yeah. You mean you can
0: actually talk to them? Well, you can, you can get a response from them, but yes, essentially. But how does it work? Well, uh, we gather about 2,000 people together where wolves were in previous nights, and everybody is completely silent, and the lead howlers, which are naturalist staff, will howl for the wolves. And hopefully, about 70% of the time, we get a response.
1: That is so cool! How could we communicate with a wild animal if we ran into one? Like, if I saw a fox, how could I let it know I was a friend?
0: Well, if you're around a wild animal, you generally want to be as still as possible. You don't want to make any sudden movements. Uh, try to make sure that your your fingers aren't extended. Because for most animals, as soon as you start moving, we tend to scare a lot of animals. And so if you want to watch that animal for longer, just stay as still as possible. And hopefully that will prolong the experience. Gotcha.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for answering our questions, Brian. My pleasure. I will leave you to your happy hiking. Excellent. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Now it's time to reveal the identity of the mystery voice you heard earlier. Let me play that sound for you one more time. Crazy, right? Let me give you a little hint. That's not the only sound in this animal's repertoire. Here are some more interesting sounds this critter makes. Did that help? Probably not, but it's time to guess. The answer is the lyrebird. This brown-colored ground-dwelling bird lives in Australia. They have the amazing ability to copy another bird's song, the sounds of the forest, and even noises from human life around them. They're phenomenal at mimicry. These complex songs are part of the lyrebird's communication. Some scientists believe that they use their songs to defend their territory from other lyrebirds. But the songs are also used in mating season. Male lyrebirds sing complex songs to impress females. Wow, that's bonkers bananas. What do you think, Dave? The superb lyrebird
0: has the most elaborate, the most complex, and the most beautiful song in the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. What he said.
0: Earth Ranger Emma will be right back after this quick message. From the belugas off the St. Lawrence to the spirit bears in the great bear rainforest, Earth Rangers are protecting Canada. Hey, wait, Who who's protecting us?
1: Yeah, what about the little guys?
0: Um, right. I was your scan to that? This Earth Month, when you start a Bring Back the Wild campaign, you're also helped to protect small prairie animals. Now you're talking! Become an Earth Ranger today and stand up for the Widow Guys! Hello, Earth Rangers. Captain Conservation here. That was our new Earth Month commercial, and if you live in Canada, you may have seen it on TV. Everyone
1: else, check out the link in the show notes. Earth Month is a very important time for those of us who love the planet and all the animals on it. Sometimes the big and majestic animals get all the attention. And even though we love polar bears, I am one after all, this year we stand up for the little guys. Follow the link in the show notes or go to earthrangers.com earthmonth to find out more. Thanks, Captain. Well, Earth Rangers, I've learned a lot today. Now, I'm going to head deep into the forest to howl with the wolves. I hope you'll join me next time when we take the plunge in my brand new secondhand submarine to investigate the world of whales. See you then, Earth Rangers! Thanks for listening and keep on ranging! Oh! Earth Rangers.
0: everyone. I'm Jeremy.
1: I'm Autumn. And I'm Jasper. And we're, we're a
0: GZM family. family. And we want you to listen to our favorite show, Becoming Mother Nature.
1: I love the one with the Green Reaper and the zombies. Yeah! Hey, animal lovers. Earth Ranger Emma here to tell you about my favorite app, the Earth Rangers app. By signing up for a free membership, you can access tons of fun content like daily animal trivia, puzzles, top ten lists and my podcast, of course. In the app, you can send me notes by commenting on the episode pages. I just love hearing from you. You can also complete environmental missions, do eco-friendly crafts, and help protect animals. And if you use the code Emma in the code vault, you'll earn 25 bonus points to help you level up. Download today, and I'll see you in the app.